your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. At 8.20, let's get into amusement parks. By the way, uh, it's DreamWorks behind Kung Fu Panda, just to satisfy curiosity there. And if you go to Lotte World, you won't necessarily find a panda, but you'll likely find a raccoon by the name of Lottie. And it's uh, one of, of course, the great tourist attractions of Seoul. The fact that it's billed as this large indoor amusement park can uh, repel some weather conditions with that, although there is a part of it outdoors. It's also known, though, for getting very, very busy. Queues can stretch to two or three hours for certain rides. Queues meaning lines for people who prefer to use that term. Uh, and back in April, Lotte World introduced its Magic Pass premium ticket. 100,000 won for a Magic Pass for all rides and 30,000 won for a Magic Pass for five rides. But this has been criticised as uh, setting an example for kids that, for a fee, they can jump past the rest. It's almost uh, a metaphor for what goes on in the job market and in various other areas of society. Let's bring in Dr Emily Nelson from the Independent Researcher on Tourism and Leisure History at the University of Wisconsin. Good morning to you from Seoul. Good morning. So... Disneyland is a, is a good benchmark here to look at, and it has its own system of this nature, a queue-jumping system for a fee. Can you tell us a bit about the uh, response when that was first introduced and whether those concerns have actually been founded or not? Yeah, so the Fast Pass system at Disneyland, originally it was at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida, was when the Fast Pass system was first tried out, and the concerns that I'm hearing um, in your theme park weren't really the concerns of the fast pass system originally in 1999. Anybody could use the fast pass system. Um, how it worked was it was a virtual queuing, and so there's a limited amount of spots in line. And so what Disney did was it took some of those spots, it set them aside, and so you would go up to a machine, you would receive a paper telling you you could return to line at a certain time, and you could just jump in line at that time. You could just Essentially, it was holding your spot for you. And so what people's concerns really were at this time, it wasn't so much that you could buy your place in line. It was missing the experience of waiting in line. It was the idea that waiting in line, it just it wasn't um, saving you money. It was actually wasting your time. Mm. And with Disney, um, half the experience is waiting in line. And so that was the major concern back in the 90s going into the early 2000s. Well, that is an, an interesting concept, and it is a bit different. But I think we'll all be familiar with international theme park experiences where you can buy Q-jump tickets, or you can buy tickets for a, a special line that's shorter, and often they cost a lot of money. Is that a flawed oh, concept, though? Is, is there anything yes, wrong with so that? Actually, with Disney, um, they did have that sort of a system. Um, you could buy a tour pass, and so this ranged from anywhere from 200 to $300, and it was essentially a jump the line, where you would go with your tour guide, and they had the keys to the kingdom where they would jump you ahead. Is there anything actually wrong with that, though? Is there anything wrong with that? Well, on moral grounds, you could look at it as you can 
buy your way in. And so those with a little bit more money to spend on their vacations, they can spend that to um, have that alternative experience. And so I would say on moral standing, yes, but if you're going in terms of just vacationing, you get what you buy. And so yeah. from a capitalism standpoint, not really too much wrong with that. No, so it's difficult to actually stop it in that sense. But if we do care, as I'm sure many of us do, about our children and their mindset uh, going forward, there's already a sense of inequality among the haves and the have-nots in Korea. If you're, let's say, a 10-year-old having your birthday at Lotte World and, and you know your parents have managed to cobble together whatever money they have to have you and a few friends go there, and you have to queue two or three hours for every ride, and you manage to do about four rides in the day. And, and maybe one of your friends at the party complains that, you know, that when they go with their parents, they get the queue jump. It, it kind of breeds this sense of inferiority and contempt, doesn't it? It does. And um, here there has been so much controversy, especially in recent years of um, folks doing that. Um, we know that um, those with disabilities may need um, certain help out. And what had happened last year in 2015 was folks buying tickets, um, essentially buying a disabled person's pass to the front of the line. And news reports that came out did spell that concern is what are we teaching our children? Should you teach them that with a little bit more money, you the rules don't apply to you? And that's certainly a mindset that we don't want to spread. And I feel that Disney has been taking really good measures against uh, this, but it's a system that um, this queue jumping, it's what's desired. And even if it's not the most moral thing to be teaching our children, um, it's a process in refinement. Do theme parks need to have a a look at themselves a bit closer, though, and be a bit more creative, either through that fast pass system, which sounded quite interesting, or something completely different, which, which staggers the rides in some other way, to try to ensure that everybody who's paid for a ticket to get into that amusement park, and frankly, they're not cheap anyway, these tickets, you know, actually leaves oh, no. you know, with a desired effect, i.e. having a good time. Well, actually, in 2014, Disney did introduce the Fast Class Plus um, position. And this is if you enter the theme park, um, if you have bought tickets, you're able to choose in advance, 60 to 30 days in advance, um, three rides in which you want the staff pass for. You get three. And everybody's available to use this system. It was introduced um, in Walt Disney World and it's being expanded to Disneyland actually this year. Yeah. Um, and this was the idea that you have a limited amount of spots you can do. And everybody that's bought a ticket had the opportunity to use this system. Yeah, well, it's good if you have a large number of attractions that can spread out that uh, demand, I guess. Another thing, though, is do theme parks just let too many people in? I've had an experience at Lotte World where I was certainly under the feeling of being crushed, pushing a, a stroller in there. Um, and, and it made me think, you know, what is going on here? To be fair, they did actually compensate me for that, and I was able to leave because it, it was too much. Uh, couldn't move around with a stroller. That was an extreme example, but even when it's less busy, do we need to look at that maybe, the numbers allowed in? Oh, of course, and um, many theme parks do have caps on their attendance. However, um, what um, we found as theme parks began growing, especially in the United States, in the 60s going into the 70s, that more rides don't necessarily mean your lines will be shorter. 
if anything, um, increasing the um, amount of rides, the amount of opportunities that you have, actually proved um, to increase demand into the park. Dr. Nelson, and that's so a... really, it's just trying to find the most efficient way to get people through the lines and to keep them entertained in other ways, maybe through having restaurants, through having... That's a really interesting point as well, Dr. Nelson. Thank you so much for taking the time. We'll continue this morning in just a moment.